Hello, welcome to homemaking. <laughs> my, my hello took me by surprise then. Today we are going to be talking about things that taste like donuts and there's also one actual donut recipe in there too and just a little bit of a review of 2023 and a big thank you from me for listening as well. So we're going to be talking today about um, a giant donut bunt cake. We're also going to be talking about some apple donut bites with apple sugar and we're going to be talking about puff puff which are a West African donut with and I I, I uh, put a spiced sugar on the outside. So those are our little recipes for today and I'm looking forward to starting the episode. Let's go. I thought it might be quite fun to start with a little review of our year together this year. Um, There have been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven episodes, including this one. And we've, oh, more than that, sorry, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 19 episodes, including this one. Okay, that's that's what I thought. Um, And we've tackled a whole range of different things. We've talked about coffee cakes, like as in cakes with a crumble on top. Um, We've talked about um, king cakes. We've talked about tiramisu. We've talked about fasting biscuits, um, springtime breads, all things with miso, fudge and honeycomb. We've talked about things from England. So we talked about the Victoria sponge and um, a pie that had a chicken tikka masala in it. We talked about some different bakes that had cereal in them. We talked about Portuguese baking. We talked about crackers. We talked about pavlova. We talked about fruit galettes. We talked about syrup cakes from the Middle East. We talked about ice cream sandwiches. Um, We looked at granita and brioche. Um, We made milky and tart set puddings. We made lemon and pastry things and then donut things so a lot (laughs) basically and honestly there's um I'll be honest there's quite a few there's some that I won't make wouldn't make again because maybe the effort wasn't worth it or it just didn't it wasn't my favorite thing ever but there's quite a few that I that are sort of that have gone into my like I've got a, a set I've got like basically I've got a recipe notes book I don't know how many of you might be able to relate to this. And then I have like a my go-to recipes book. So it's like um, my tried and true book, basically. So I have my notes, which is really messy. And then my tried and true book, which is neater, although it's got some stains on it from all the baking. <laughs> um, and quite a few of these recipes have actually gone into my tried and true. So the King Arthur coffee cake is a tried and true um that like all of basically all of the tiramisu recipes are a tried and true but my favorite is pistachio um yes the miso cook chocolate chip cookies that's that's gone into the tried and true but also the miso um focaccia 
Um, so that's and just the focaccia in general is a banger recipe so you can like adapt it how you want you could use rosemary and skip the miso you could leave out the garlic you could add other vegetables potentially um, or woody herbs yes or you could just make it plain with just some olive oil and salt Um, so that's a real keeper Um, I would potentially make the fudge again for a special occasion um the proper fudge um but it is quite a lot of effort um i've made the brown sugar victoria sponge several times um and it's now a favorite it's now my go-to victoria sponge um the curry pie i've not made again but i've made the curry again um <laughs> i haven't made it a second time but i would make the cornflake peanut bars from the cereal episode they are so good um in the portuguese episode my favorite was the egg yolk cake um but having said that i haven't made it again um the uh the pavlova the one with plums i really enjoyed that was really great like i made it a sort of concord plum cake thing um i loved all of the galettes my absolute favourite was the plum and halva, but very closely followed by the slow roasted strawberry. That was sensational. Um, I liked all the syrup cakes. Haven't made them again, though. Um, the ice cream sandwich episode was very tasty, but it's hard to separate that from the memory of losing my uh, crown on <laughs> the chocolate one. Um so the baking related injury uh so yeah just leave your ice cream sandwiches out for a bit and maybe don't bite into something hard when you've got crowns as a front as your front teeth um (laughs) the granita i absolutely loved and my absolute favorite was the easiest one which was the concord grape one which is literally just frozen grape juice but it was unbelievably tasty and it opened my eyes to concord grapes which i hadn't really tried before um and they are in they are amazing i also really enjoyed the vanilla brioche that i made to go alongside it that was really really good um i don't think i've included it in any of these episodes but i made this year a tahini kind of bun um so at some point maybe i'll share that with you that was also a a favorite one of my sweet buns um i was going i went through another sweet bun phase recently and now I'm going through a cookie phase. So my 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 phases seem to be coming back around, um, which is interesting. Um, the In the set puddings one, um, I would definitely make possa again because it is very easy to make and it's really nice. I love how tart it is. Uh, and I will make those, uh, the tartine lemon bars. They will be, mo- be made many times because they are very, very, very good. Um, And out of the donut episode, um, I think I might try Puff Puff again at some point, Um, but I will definitely be making the donut bundt cake Um, again. That will be for sure made again. Um, Yeah, so if I had to try and pick maybe, say, like a top three, as our blue ribbons for this year. My personal top three is, oh, it's so hard. Okay, so in the running are the pistachio tiramisu, 
the brown sugar Victoria sponge, um, the focaccia, no need focaccia, um, what else, what else, what else, the plum and halva galette, and the concord grape granita, and, and the, and, and the tartine lemon bars, oh, so, so hard, so that's six, um, okay, so let's try and, let's try and narrow this down, so I'm going to say, I guess because of the simplicity of them and the and the how revelatory they were, I think my top three would probably be Concord Grape Granita, the No Need for Caccia, and the Victoria Sponge. So, oh no, sorry, take that one back, even though it's really good, and I'm going to have to go for the Plum and Halva Galette. Those are my top three of the year. So... If you've not made anything else, you might want to try making those. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for listening in 2023. Um, as you might be able to guess, this is going to be the last episode of this year. Um, and next year, we're going to start again with some new episodes. And I'll talk a little bit at the end about what we've got coming up. Um, so let's start talking about our recipes. I've ordered these in terms of most easy to the most difficult recipe. So we're going to start with the giant donut bunt cake. So for this, I used Shauna Siever's donut loaf as my starting point. And I opted to not roll it in sugar because um, that seemed like a lot of effort. <laughs> so I just brushed it with butter and then and then I sieved over a lot of sugar. Um, the reason why I chose to make it in a bunt pan was because it would look more like a donut, which is fun because of the hole in the middle. But also um, my loaf tins aren't really big enough for the original recipe. So I thought I'd try my bunt tin instead. But that's you have to understand that my bunt tin is quite a small one. Seems like they make things bigger in America. Um, so the capacity of my bunt tin is two liters or about eight and a half cups, um, US cups that is. So it's a relatively small one. So if you've got a much bigger bunt tin, then I would maybe recommend going back to the original and using a large loaf tin or maybe scaling it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, if you use a loaf tin, it's going to take a lot longer to cook because, um, it's because you've got to cook right through to the middle. And another thing to consider is the type of flour you use. So I just used a plain flour. We don't, we do have cake flour, but it's not that common here because I mean, our, our plain flour is pretty low in gluten anyway. So I don't buy it because I don't really see the point. Our plain flour is maybe 10% glu uh, protein, 11%, something like that. And whereas it might be 13%, which does make a big difference um, in North America. So 
what I struggle with is finding high protein, like high gluten flour for bread making. Low protein flour is not my not my problem. Um, so yeah, um, and what I what I got uh, uh, the feedback that I got for this one, people really liked it. My partner took it into her workplace, and they said it was very good if you don't have a sweet tooth. Um, it's very simple but delicious. And somebody said it was their favourite other other than the brown sugar Victoria sponge. And people also did say that it tasted like a donut. Which, when it's in the title, that's what you hope. <laughs> um, and I found that even though the cake itself is not that sweet, it, it's made sweet enough by the icing sugar on the top. And it keeps surprisingly moist for a couple of days, you know, in a in a airtight tin. So it's a really nice thing to take into work or to take to sh- a party to share with people, um, particularly if, um, I don't know, maybe you want something that isn't quite as rich or you want, yeah, you just fancy something that's kind of a bit more simple. Maybe that's the taste of the people that you're catering to. I don't know. So I yeah, and sometimes it's just nice to have something that's simple but good, isn't it? So yeah, there's lots of reasons why you might want to make this cake and I will be making it again at some point. Um, and then I also, as I said, I coated it in a lot of icing sugar and a bit of butter. So let's talk about the ingredients and then the method. So the ingredients you want 385 grams of plain or all-purpose flour. If you're in North America or somewhere where you have high gluten flour, you might want to use half cake flour and half all-purpose. You want two and a half teaspoons of baking powder, half a teaspoon of baking soda, one teaspoon of fine salt, two teaspoons of freshly grated nutmeg, half a teaspoon of allspice if you want, that's optional, it's my addition, 180 grams of sugar, 225 grams of butter, I added slightly more than the recipe by the way, two teaspoons of vanilla extract, again that's slightly more, Um, three eggs and the size is US, Canada, Australia large or UK, EU medium, 240 grams of buttermilk, that's also slightly more than the recipe. And then for the outside, it's hard to say because it really depends on your tin and the the shape of your cake. But I went with about 75 grams of butter and about 100 grams of icing sugar. You may want to do more or less, though. Um, So it's not that one's not really exact. So to make this, you need to preheat your oven, first of all, to 325 Fahrenheit or 160 degrees C which is quite a low temperature, but it gets it nice and nicely baked through without getting too dark. You want to butter a bunt tin really, really, really well, getting all the crevices. And then I like to do this. I tap sugar to coat the inside of the pan and it just leads to some nice browning and caramelization um, rather than using flour. It kind of works best if you've got a really good pa- like non-stick pan. Um, and mine isn't the highest quality, but it's fairly new and it is non-stick. Um, by the way, Nordicware pans here cost like a crazy amount of money. So I don't own any, but they look so beautiful. <laughs> I don't know if they cost so much because that's how much they cost or is, if it's also because they're imported. But damn, they look so good. <laughs> so 
Uh, once you've preheated your oven, you've buttered your bunt and sugared it. You want to cream your butter, sugar and vanilla together until fluffy. Then you want to mix your flour, baking powder, salt, allspice and nutmeg together in a separate bowl. Add the eggs gradually to the butter mixture and um, beating well between each egg. And then add half your flour mixture and then add half the buttermilk. Um, obviously combining each time then add the remaining flour and combine and then add the remaining buttermilk and combine and then bake it for about 45 minutes or maybe a little bit a little bit longer depending on the pan mine was 45 actually so you might want to check it at, at 40 and then if you're going with a um a donut sorry with a loaf tin you might need to do it much longer for like 55 minutes or an hour 65 minutes maybe so you just have to sort of see um but try not to open the door too many times because it will uh you know it does lower the temperature of the oven um and then once the cake is cool enough to turn it out um turn it out <laughs> um and you want to have your butter melted and left to cool a little bit um then you want to butter your cake with a pastry brush and then sift over a lot of icing sugar and then sift over another layer and then you might even sift over a, another layer before you serve it you want not all of it to sink in you want some of it to remain like just on the surface uh, because it looks more attractive and it will help keep the cake moist really importantly as well so that's how you make it it doesn't really last more than a couple of days, even in a tin, because it's got quite a lot of flour in it um, and a fairly low sugar content. That's that's why. But it does. It's really good. So just take it to a party or, you know, your colleagues or whatever, somewhere you can share it. <clears throat> you could probably freeze the slice, freeze slices of it really well as well. Um, if, if that's what you would prefer to do, no problem. Um, so that's our bunt cake. Next up, we have got our apple donut bites with apple sugar. Now, I adapted this from my kind of base muffin recipe, which is from Rukmini Aya's Sweet Roasting Tin. Um, I And I just wanted these to be really, really, really apple-y. So I've included apple in three different forms, um, which was really nice. The thing that really made them stand out was the apple sugar on the outside. That was fantastic. And it was kind of the simplest bit. <laughs> so that's quite funny. Um, but yeah, I, I, they're, they're really nice. I think the only thing I'd say, maybe this is because of the size of them, or maybe it's the lack the only having one egg compared to all of the other liquids. But like they don't, they're not as fluffy as I would want them. So that's the thing I would maybe try and change next time. And I think, but I think this apple sugar is really a winner. I, I really recommend this apple sugar to everyone um, at all times for every purpose. It's really good. Um, and, and also my partner's boss sent her an email which just said, uh, in the subject line, donut things. And then in the <laughs> message are good. So it is possible that I'm being kind of a little bit too critical of myself. Um, 
So the ingredients for this one were 250 grams of plain or all-purpose flour, two and a quarter teaspoons of baking powder, 150 grams of light brown sugar, 150 grams of Greek or natural yogurt, 100 milliliters of reduced apple juice. Um, you could use homemade apple cider for this if you want. Um, so in Britain, we apple cider like cider is usually an alcoholic drink, which um, I drank a lot of as a teenager, and as a result, do not like. <laughs> but uh, I've I've been learning about apple cider in America and apple cider do- apple cider donuts in particular, and um, found out that you know you make cider by boiling up apples essentially like apple pulp and juice from maybe from fresh apples from your garden or whatever your or an orchard uh it's very romantic sounding um and a bit a bit nicer than my teenage cider drinking um and uh it's quite common to reduce the reduce it down as well for baked goods so i wasn't just going off piste it seemed like a sensible thing to do um I didn't make my own apple cider so I just reduced my apple juice by about half uh then you want 90 grams of some sort of neutral oil so canola grapeseed vegetable sunflower something like that one egg so like a UK EU medium egg US Canada Australia large and then 150 grams 115 grams of grated apple squeezed of excess juice now you could do this with a sieve and spoon, which is what I did, just squeezing the juice out, and then you can reserve it as well to drink. Um, just squeeze it over a bowl or something. Um, or you could use a tea towel, which is what I normally do when I'm making latkes to squeeze juice out of potato. Um, obviously a clean tea towel. So that's up to you, but you just don't want it to be too juicy because there's already a, a fair amount of liquid in this. Um, a teaspoon of cinnamon, a teaspoon of freshly grated nutmeg, and then half a teaspoon of allspice if you like. I just find that it rounds out the other flavours quite well, the cinnamon and nutmeg. Um, yeah, but up to you. I think you have to have cinnamon with with apple, with apple with an apple cider donut, really. And then for the apple sugar, you need... Um, 24 grams of air dried apple crisps that's what I used you could try freeze dried but I don't know if the quantity would be exactly the same um and but you just need a sink you need what you absolutely need is a single ingredient dried apple product so nothing else in it just apple and 50 grams of sugar granulated sugar would be best here but I had castor so that's what I used which is super fine. Um, so for what for the method here, it's super simple. Basically, it's a wet and wet wet and dry, mix them together. So obviously, grease your muffin tin or tins. So if you're making small ones, you need two 12 hole muffin tins, or you can make bigger ones. Obviously, they'll take a bit longer to cook. Um, and preheat your oven to fairly high, so 190C, 375 Fahrenheit. That gets you some nice caramelization on the outside. And then you just want to mix together your oil, sugar, yogurt, apple juice, and egg, and then stir in your grated apple. And then add your remaining ingredients, stir those in, and then transfer it to your pan or pans. 
bake it for 20 to 25 minutes if they're larger or about 15 if they're smaller um, until they spring back to the touch. And then meanwhile, make your apple sugar. So blitz your ingredients in a blender or a small food processor bowl using the blade attachment. Um, And then once your little muffin bites are made, are baked, you want to leave those to cool for about five minutes and then turn them out of the tins, being quite careful to not burn yourself, ideally. You might need to use like a little knife or a little palette knife to just loosen them from the tin. And then roll them in the sugar mixture while they are still warm. And then if you like, you can dust more apple sugar over before you serve them. It does make a little bit more than you need the apple sugar. Um, But that really wasn't a problem for me because I was just eating it on my cereal. (laughs) So, uh, and it's it's hard to roll them if you don't have that quantity. So, Um, okay. And then finally, we've got our puff puff with spiced sugar. These are a West African donut, which are called puff puff in some countries like Nigeria and Cameroon. Um, They're also called beignet in Cameroon. It's, It's a French speaking country in the majority there's an english-speaking minority um they're also called bofrot in ghana and they are a simple single proved delicious nutmeg spiced fried donut um which are eaten as celebration celebrations or as a street food and you can even find a savory um puff puff which in cameroon is eaten alongside beans so I used Yuanda Kamal, Kamal, sorry, I need to, <laughs> I need to try and get this right. Let me Google, Komolafa. I'm really sorry. I don't mean to be uh, like racist. I just couldn't remember her name. Um, Yuanda Komolafa, um, her puff puff as my starting point. And um, this was my second time making puff puff. I tried making like a bofrot recipe before kind of similar Ghanaian thing which I flavored with hibiscus but the hibiscus you couldn't really taste much so I wasn't that thrilled with that attempt and I also when I did those I made them too big and was cooking on an unfamiliar hob and didn't use a thermometer so they came out very dark on the outside and pretty much raw in the middle this was a better attempt but I do think I overproved them and I struggled to keep the temperature steady. Um, so sometimes the temperature was too high as well, not 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 just too low. And I think maybe next time I wouldn't be so reactive to basically when you drop them in the pan, it lowers the temperature. So then I like was panicking and turning the temperature up and then it was making the oil too hot. So I think I would have just not messed around with it. Um, in that way because I think it's better to be slightly under the 180C or 350 Fahrenheit than over. Um, It's common to fry things at a lower temperature if you're making samosas, for example, particularly uh, Bengali samosas. Um, And it just, it does just make things crisp and nice on the outside. It's not necessarily greasy. So that's, I think what I would do in future. Um, just to make sure that they are crisp and cooked through and not too sort of dark on the outside. Um, so I just, I knew, do need a little bit more practice, but I don't think it's the recipe's fault whatsoever. 
Um, and okay, so let's talk about the ingredients. So we've got 400 milliliters of milk, two teaspoons of instant or fast action yeast, 130 grams of sugar, 400 grams of flour. If you can, do half all purpose or plain and half bread. Um, but if you can't, just do all of one of them. A teaspoon of salt, half a teaspoon of grated nutmeg, and then some neutral oil for frying. So like, again, you want grapeseed or canola or, I don't know, um, let me think, what could you have? You could have uh, vegetable oil, it's sometimes called in the UK, um, sunflower oil, things like that. And then you want, for your spiced sugar, 100 grams of sugar, half a teaspoon of freshly grated nutmeg, um, a quarter of a teaspoon of allspice. Again, I just think it really like pairs well with nutmeg but it is optional and maybe even a pinch of cloves again optional but I think it does add something um, but you want a really small pinch like cloves are extremely strong so you just need a tiny bit um, and then to make these you want to basically make the batter so you could choose to use cold milk in which case it'll just take longer to prove say you want to make these the night before and prove them in the fridge overnight you could just start with cold milk or if you want these to prove more quickly you might want to warm your milk up to like blood temperature so about 37 38 degrees c um or whatever that is in fahrenheit sorry i don't know um and then uh, you want to mix your other ingredients together don't mix the salt too close to the yeast but maybe do one after the other or something so that the salt doesn't inhibit the, the yeast um but yeah mix all the rest up then add the milk to that dry mixture and it's going to be uh quite a, a a loose batter um it looks a bit like a waffle batter which is a helpful instruction i thought from um Yuanda Kamalafa. And it'll take, uh, you want it to sort of double in size. So it'll take about 40 minutes to an hour, depending on how warm your kitchen is and how warm the milk was. Or, you know, if you're doing a cold proof overnight, maybe. Um, and then you want to prepare your spiced sugar by mixing the ingredients together in a bowl. Once your batter has doubled in size or nearly doubled in size, you want to put a cooling rack over a baking tray. And that's somewhere you can place your fried puff puff. And you want to heat your oil up. So you want to heat your oil up to 350 Fahrenheit or 180C. I used like an analog candy thermometer, which you can just keep in the pan, which is kind of handy. And then I could keep an eye on it. <clears throat> but don't be too reactive like I was um, because then you could end up having it too hot. And then you want to spoon in the batter in tablespoon amounts, amounts. Having smaller puff puff helps them fry more evenly and stops the likelihood of it. Well, it doesn't stop it, but it lowers the chances of having a puff puff that's raw in the middle and burnt on the outside. Um, and you want to fry those for maybe about five minutes and turn them over halfway through, keep a good eye on them, 
it might take a little bit less than that, honestly. So it's just a rough guide. And you just want them to be golden brown on the outside, essentially, and hopefully cooked through. <laughs> um, you can't really tell that until you take them out and cut them open, though. Um, and then you want to toss those in spiced sugar when they're cool enough to handle and then serve them as soon as possible because the freshest donuts are the best donuts. Um, you can have the most wonderful donut in the world, but a day a day after it's been made, it's just not good. So that's Puff Puff with my apologies for, to Yuanda Kamalafa for uh, st- stumbling over her surname. Um, but they were really good, great recipe. I did really like them. It's just a bit of a skill, I think, to make them. And, you know, like anything, it takes a bit of practice. So I'm sure I will attempt again at some point. Okay, so let's talk about what is going to be coming up in 2024. just going to jump right in and these are some of the episode ideas that I've had for a newsletter ideas that I've had so I didn't get around to making churros for this donut episode so I'm thinking at some point I might try and make churros um when it comes around to autumn again I'm gonna try and do a fig episode potentially I would like there's a few things I'd like to revisit so I'd like to revisit chocolate chip cookies because I've got a few new favourites that I want to tell you about. Also, I want to revisit the spice cupboard. I mean, I use spices quite a lot, but unusual spices, I guess. I want to try and make a few different things. So fennel seed stewed pineapple, which is a Nadia Hussain recipe. Westmoreland uh, pepper cake, which is a traditional British recipe, which I'd never heard of until recently. I also like the look of the chocolate chai cheesecake that's in Gerd Loyal's uh, debut cookbook, Mother Tongue. And I want to talk about some different types of ice cream. So whether that's me just visiting some ice cream shops or, or even making them potentially, things like shariak, booza, kulfi, things like that, rather than, I guess, French, French style and gelato is what I've tended to make in the past. I want to go revisit laminated pastries and breads. So maybe thinking about pain suisse, making that. Uh, maybe maybe making parmiers, maybe making queen of man. Um, I want to make waffles. Now, I don't have a waffle maker, so I might need to borrow one or buy one. But I love particularly yeasted waffles are my absolute favourite thing. So I'd love to make those at some point. I really fancy making Jerusalem bagels. I've seen there's like a Middle Eastern, uh, I think it's Lebanese bakery in New York that I follow. And I'm just obs- completely obsessed with them. And I'm like, why don't I live in New York? Because <laughs> I just want to eat every single thing that they make. And their Jerusalem bagels are so huge that they barely fit on a plate. Um, and they just look really like, they're like cr- crunchy, sesame and then, yeah, loads of sesame and then just good for dipping, you know. They just look really delicious. 
I want to think about maybe alternative layer cakes. So, you know, rather than taking your simple like yellow cake or chocolate cake and then layering up with maybe a different, it doesn't have to be uh, American buttercream, but different buttercreams. I want to take that and do some different layer cakes instead. So there's one that's common in um, some parts of Eastern Europe called Figaro, which is like a biscuit and then a fruit layer and then a meringue layer. Um, I'm thinking about maybe Louise cake, which is cake, fruit, meringue. Um, chilled lemon cake, which is in Tava uh, by Irina Georgescu, which I haven't m- managed to make yet. Also Bienenstich, which is a German uh, delightful cake, which is, um, it has like a, it's a yeasted cake, kind of plain yeasted cake. Usually has a vanilla pudding in the middle or vanilla pastry cream. And then it has a honey and almond topping, which is like one of the best things I've ever eaten. Um, so basically layer cakes that I think in my opinion, taste better than usual layer cakes, but they don't have the stackability. Um, and the different layers are different things, right? They're not just all cake and buttercream. Um, there's maybe Battenberg cake is kind of on my bucket list of things to make. Um, if you're not familiar with it, it's like a checkerboard basically is what it looks like. Um, and I kind of fancy doing maybe sandwich biscuits at some point. Um, so biscuits with a cream in the middle. Um, maybe amaretti at some point. Um, a pipe dream I have is to at some point cover homemade cajeta, which if you're not sure what that is, it's like a goat's milk caramel. Um, I was thinking about maybe doing something with ube. Um, if you're not familiar with that, it's like a purple sweet potato that's really common in Filipino baking and in other places as well around kind of East and and Southeast Asia. And it's just so, it's just so delicious. It sort of tastes like a cross between coconut and vanilla. That's how I can best describe it. Um, they do, there's a place, uh, called, oh, I can't remember the name of it now. Damn. But there's a Filipino bakery in, in Soho in central London where they have the most phenomenal ube ice cream. The ube at brownie is pretty good as well. I, I took one away with me uh, one time. But the best is there, definitely their ice cream. It's sensational. So I was thinking about maybe doing an ube ice, an ube recipe. And it ube tends to go well with dairy. So I was thinking maybe, you know, ice cream, tiramisu, stuff like that might be really good. I really, really want to make challah. I've never made it before. Um, so that's on my list. Um, other types of ice cream that I've not made before, maybe some more unusual flavors like brown bread ice cream, marmalade ice cream. Um, maybe exploring some different types, different places in the US as well. Um, so for example, maybe making St. Louis gooey butter cake at some point. I've made it once before and I did not do well. So maybe a second attempt at that. It sounds exceptional. Um, yeah. Um, maybe if we go down to the Southern US, maybe trying my hand at like peach pie, chess pie, things like that. Um, sweet potato pie, maybe. Um, 
pies, lots of pies and maybe biscuits because um, as in American biscuits, which are different from cookies, which is what we call. Anyway, you know what I mean? <laughs> we call cookies biscuits. Um, yes, thinking maybe towards East Coast, like things like snickerdoodles, Boston cream pie, whoopie pies. I've not made any of those before. Maybe maybe some an episode on Canada. So I'd really like to try making butter tarts and Nanaimo bars or Nanaimo. You tell me how I pronounce that. Um, yeah, there's there's lots of uh, countries where I'd like to explore a few of their bakes as well. So Czechia, Argentina, particularly I'm obsessed with Alfajores. Um, yeah. Um, strudel. Um, apple strudel particularly I'd, I'd like to make. Um I want to revisit chocolate cakes. So like there's a really nice looking mocha walnut cake that I want to make again. Um, I made it, I've made, I have made it before actually, but I want to give it a longer time to sort of meld together and, and stuff next time because it was delicious, but it needed longer to sit. Maybe trying out the Kladdaka, which is a Swedish gooey chocolate cake maybe St. John's twice-baked chocolate cake, maybe the Nemesis cake, maybe the fallen chocolate souffle that cake that is in Solar L. Whaley's new book. Um, yeah. Also, I really, really want to revisit shortbread, which is one of my favourite things to make and eat, because I have a lot more thoughts on it now. And right way back in episode one, I was very arrogant about shortbread and it was just, okay, it's just a three, two, one. But actually, I've learned a lot about shortbread since then. Um, I've learned that you can cook it, you can bake it low and slow. I've learned that you can bake it twice. I've learned that you can uh, have a much higher quantity of butter than I was using. Um, yeah, there's just so many things I've learned and also new flavors that we could explore. Um, maybe like microwave steamed puddings. Um, I'm not going to make proper steam puddings because they take hours to cook. Um, traditional British <laughs> steam puddings take literally hours. Um, maybe date slice. So like, yeah, I've got basically, I've got a lot of ideas, but I'm also open to hearing new ideas for sure. And we're not going to probably make all of that. <clears throat> um, yeah. And I'm, I, I'd love to explore some different like topics and as well in terms of culture and history as well. Um, so that's my to bake list. It's extremely long. Um, and we've got a lot coming up in 2024, which I'm really looking forward to. I've got to say that going down to like one episode a month has made it a bit easier to manage and has also meant that I've been able to do more baking for pure pleasure. So that's been quite nice. Um, and talking of baking for pleasure and baking that isn't included in the podcast, I, I guess, um, in my little PS, I'm going to be talking about what I'm, I'm baking for Christmas and the festive season this year. So do listen to, to the end of the episode to find out. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for us today. We are going to be back at the end of January. Um, so I look forward to speaking to you then. 
and I usually release these episodes now on Mondays. So just keep an eye out for whatever the last Monday in January is. <laughs> oh, um, and I will talk to you then. Um, as always, do sign up to the newsletter and then you can get the written recipes and photos of all of the baking. It's free. I'm never going to start charging for it. It's homebaking.substack.com. If you also just want to read it and don't want the emails, you can just click um, no thanks or whatever. And then you just get to see them anyway because it's all free. Not a problem, but I do appreciate having um, subscribers. It makes me happy. And yeah, I really hope that you have a lovely um, rest of your holidays. I hope that you had a good uh, Thanksgiving if you celebrate that and you live in in the States. I hope that it was a really good one. Um, And I hope you're all looking forward to the other holidays. Christmas, Hanukkah, uh, whatever it is that you might celebrate in midwinter. And I'm going to be going to Iceland. So I'm extremely excited about that for Christmas. I'm going to be, um, yes, seeing the all of the, hopefully some of the Icelandic Christmas traditions like the Yule Lads and the book, uh, <laughs> what's it called? The the book flood. So a lot of Iceland, Icelanders give each other books for Christmas and they call it the book flood in Icelandic in a, a word that I will not even attempt to pronounce. Um, so I'm really excited. I've never been abroad at Christmas before, so I look forward to also reporting back a bit about Iceland and what we saw, like, did we see erupting volcanoes? Hopefully ones that don't ground us in Iceland. Did we see geysers? Um, yeah. Did we go to some hot, uh, to a lagoon? Um, what's Reykjavik like? What's the food like? So I look forward to reporting all of that back to you as well at the end of January. So yeah, stay safe. Um, and I'll see you in 2024. Happy baking. Take care. Bye. Right, lovely people. So these are the things, this is my little PS, these are the things that I'm thinking of making over the festive period, but bearing in mind I'm going away and I don't, I'm not going to have time to do all of these, but uh, so we'll see how far I get, but so far I have already baked mince pies, so that's one off my list. I'm going to be making them again for my work Christmas do. I might make stollen but I might not because I don't really have anyone to necessarily share it with this year because my family really likes it. To be fair, when we go to Gemma's family, they're not big fans. So 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm going on holiday, so I might not make it this year, which is sad, but the tradition can be continued next year. Um, I've got a couple of things I'm making for people's birthdays. So one of them is a friend that I, whose birthday was a while ago, but I've not given her a cake yet. And I wanted to make her a bean and stick. And also people at work, one of them I'm making a caterpillar Swiss roll for, which I'm excited about. So in the UK, we have this, what I would only, I can only describe as a cultural phenomenon, um, which has not always existed, but I don't know, it's been, it's existed for at least 20 years. Um, So the supermarket Marks and Spencers created this like chocolate Swiss roll and then made it look a little bit like a caterpillar kind of, Um, but with a quite a human looking face. Uh, and it's called Colin the Caterpillar, and it's a sort of staple of children's birthdays. And also now, uh, like every other shop, basically has copied them and made their own versions of different, like chocolate caterpillar cakes. They've all got different names, I don't know. Um, and they've also got a, a like a feminine version, which is quite strange, of Colin, um, who obviously is covered in pink for some unknown reason. Um uh, so yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be making a version of that, but for my colleague Katie, so it's going to be a Katie the Caterpillar. Very excited. And then in terms of my Yuletide Christmas Hanukkah biscuits this year, I'm going to have to narrow these down for sure, but I want to make Springerla, which are an aniseed, like, um, molded cookie. Um, I want to make date and walnut rugelach, which I've made before. So they're just like great. I want to make raspberry vanilla kipfel. So I've made raspberry snowballs and I've made vanilla kipfel and I want to smash those two things together and make raspberry vanilla kipfel. I really want to make the chewy old gray sugar cookies. I think they're from Yossi Arefi from memory. Um, they're on they're on one of my website that I, this websites that I subscribe to, maybe New York, New York Times Cooking. I think I might want to revisit Susan Spungen's twice-baked pecan shortbread because it's so good. But to be fair, I could make that another time of year if I don't get around to it. Um, I really want to make pistachio halva cookies. So Molly Baz came out with a with this recently. They're like a chocolate chip cookie with pistachios and halva. And those are two of my favorite things. So they sound very appealing. Um, I want to go back and make hazelnut linza because I didn't make them last year and they're so delicious. Um, and then they're usually filled with like raspberry or red currant, something with a bit of a tang. But you could do, you could use like cherry jam or um, plum jam or something like that. Um I really want to make lemon amaretti and I also want to make again aged Leibkuchen which I've made in a previous episode so just you know a few bits but uh we'll see how far I get with them what I prioritize maybe I'll let you know in January if you want to find out um but yeah all right so I'll see you soon uh take care happy new year happy baking all right bye